Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, The Dangers of Being One-Dimensional. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Today I'm going to talk about two items that do not involve the Cubs. But when taken as a larger and linked together a little bit, they kind of sort of do. One of them involves a tweet from earlier this morning. Someone was talking about the New York Yankees, which is fine. Have no problem with people talking about the New York Yankees on Twitter. And for some reason, I'm not sure why this ended up on my timeline. I have no idea. Something that should have been on my timeline that I'm trying to find that had been on my timeline, I can't find. But this somehow ended up on my timeline. Now I'm having a hard time finding it. But someone was commenting on how the the Yankees' strength, the Yankees' strength is their spending. The Yankees' strength is their spending. Someone was defending, I don't know who specifically, they wanted the Yankees to sign in free agency. But the person's comment was, the Yankees' strength is in their money. The Yankees' strength is in their money their ability to spend. And I responded, if their only power is their money and the punishments for being quote-unquote over increase, they will be overly reliant on a strategy that may not work as well as it used to. And the fans of the other 29 teams won't mourn their lack of October success. If you have an idea and your idea is to do one thing and one thing only repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. Only one thing. Then, if that nozzle quits working, you're screwed. Nowhere in there did I say the Yankees or any other team should not spend. What I said was, if one thing only is your measure of success, if only one thing is the only way you will ever be successful, whatever that one thing is, you might be lining yourself up for trouble. Because sometimes the arena changes, the venue changes, the landscape changes, the topography changes, the calculus changes, however you want to look at it. Back in the 1980s, 1990s, yes, it was very beneficial for the Yankees into the 2000s to spend aggressively, to spend heavy, heavily. After all, they had a good squad. They had a whole bunch of players they wanted to keep around. It was very beneficial for them 
to spend to keep those players around, and the punishments weren't severe for overspending. Not even close to severe. Hey, here's a little bit, here's a little bit more money. Not a problem. But now it's to the point where if a team is over often enough, and if your only power is your money, your only benefit is you're spending your money, then each time you go over, there is the additional possibility of an additional sanction, an additional punishment. The, the Yankees are losing draft choices. The Yankees are losing international spending space. Now, I'm not a Yankees fan, so it's neither here nor there with me. Yankees don't win the World Series. Oh, whatever, okay, fine, no worries. You know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't cut into the size of my lunch. However, if someone is a Yankees fan and they are saying the only thing that we should be paying attention to is spending money, eh, I don't know that that's a wise idea. I don't know that that's a wise idea because now teams are losing draft picks, teams are losing international spending space, overspending too much, or spending over certain limits. Uh, just, I don't know, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. Okay, then what you're doing is placing overly more reliance on a strategy that, for the Yankees, hasn't worked for the last decade. It hasn't. They haven't won squat in the last decade. Is it because the rules have changed? The topography has changed? The calculus has changed? No, I'm not going to say it isn't that. It could be. It might not be. But usually what is beneficial is when a team is good at spending in free agency, um, developing talent, good in drafting, good internationally. Yeah, that's more than one, one thing. When you have four or five or six or seven things that you're good at, heck, you throw in the Rays, they're fantastic at trading. If you're good at four or five or six or seven different things, then you can use all of those things to your advantage. If the one thing that you're good at, if the one thing you brag about is your spending, there can be punishments for spending. The other thing I want to talk about today is something that kind of relates to that. A lot of Cub fans are, oh, no, don't pay attention to this, don't pay attention to that, don't pay attention to the other thing, just spend money on free agents, etc., etc., etc. And some of us are very much into the minor leagues, minor league development, getting the draft right, getting international right. There's one aspect of things that the Cubs have suddenly gotten reasonably good at, suddenly gotten reasonably good at. That's a uh, um, uh, faint praise. Faint praise. Not, not monstrous praise, but faint praise. Something that the Cubs have gotten moderately good at recently is picking up veterans on free agency or something similar to that. For, um, Frank Schwindel was a veteran. He wasn't picked up on free agency. He was picked up on the waiver wire. 
the same basic premise. You look at a player, look at his background, look at his all, all that you can possibly gather. Is this player worth obtaining? Yes or no? And getting that right is useful. Sergio Alcantara, same basic sort of thing, was on waivers. Cubs decide, yeah, let's bring in this guy. And he served properly for a season. Now, will he stick around? I don't know. Should he stick around? I don't know. But that is along the same lines. Um, Patrick Wisdom was signed, released, then re-signed. That was picking up a player as a major league free agent. Some uh, minor, minor league free agent, I mean. A major league veteran who is a minor league free agent. Sometimes players develop at a different level than other players. And sometimes it's a good idea to have something in your mind as far as if the Cubs are looking at players to add to the 190-man off-season limit, what sort of player would that look like? Now, some people get grandiose and, oh, they should get guys like Mike Trout. They should get guys like Wander Franco. Well, a lot of times those guys aren't available. Here is a guy somebody mentioned online. And I say, you know, I'm going to look this guy up and I'm going to see if this guy makes any sense. Over the last couple days, Jorge... Bonifacio has declared himself a free agent. Bonus, Bonifacio played in 2021 for Philadelphia. He was 1 for 11, 091 batting average, fanning six times, walking once. His one hit was a single. And it's very easy for people to say, Oh, man, he sucks. See, see how real easy it is? Oh, man, that guy sucks. Uh, in Detroit in 2020, 94 plate appearances, 86 at-bats, 18 hits, hit 221, 602 OPS. Oh, man, he sucks. Uh, Kansas City went 7 for 30 in 2019. 2018, he actually played a bunch 53 for 270. His OPS was 672. And again, oh, man, he kind of sucks, which is really easy to say. Oh, man, he sucks. So those, those words go together. They flow like butter. Oh, man, he sucks. And you sound like you're really smart and you know what you're talking about. Now, here's the thing. Jorge Bonifacio is a free agent right now. He will not require a 40-man roster spot. He will require a 190-man roster spot, but not a 40-man roster spot. At some point, as the season, as the offseason stretches on, goes on, moves on, etc., 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 the Cubs will need to have some players in AAA who are signed to play for 2022. Whether there's a major league season or not. Whether there's a major league season or not, there figures to be an Iowa Cubs team. 
There figures to be an Iowa Cubs team regardless whether there's a season or not. And at some point along the line, the Cubs are going to get to the, well, we might want to go out and get some people so that they can play for the Iowa Cubs. Maybe they'll get spring training invites. Maybe they won't. But we ought to look at finding players like Patrick Wisdom, who are not going to be on 40-man rosters, but probably deserve a look as far as, yeah, let's bring this guy in. Let's give this guy a look. Would Jorge Bonifacio do that? Well, if you're going to look at his 2021 numbers at the major league level, oh man, he sucks. Get him the heck out of here. His OPS plus was negative 27. That's not very good. So if you decide I'm basing everything on his major league numbers, yeah, he was bad last year, and that's why he is available for a minor league deal. Now, why would I be interested in his in uh, Jorge Bonifacio for the Cubs in 2022? What I'm going to do next is read you his OPS numbers in AAA since 2018. His AAA numbers in 2018. Now, before I do that, I'm going to warn you Not necessarily all of these numbers will jump off the page and hit you over the skull, because if they all did, then probably Jorge Bonifacio would have done a little bit better at the major league level. What we are looking for is an answer to this question. Does Jorge Bonifacio make sense as a piece for the Iowa Cubs in 2022? seeing as he can probably be reasonably well-signed to a minor league deal right stinking now. Does this player make sense for the I-Cubs in 2022 off of this information? Bonifacio is a right fielder, so there's probably no reason to worry about, oh man, he sucks defensively. He can probably get it done out there. I, I don't know. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to Jorge Bonifacio when I'm listening to iCubs games, but hey, there you go. So here we go. Let's see. 2018 Jorge Bonifacio, Triple A OPS 995. Is that good? It's good to me. 2019, still in Omaha, OPS 701. Clearly not as good as 995. 2020, there was no um, triple A. There was no OPS reading for him. 2021 Lehigh Valley, 44 games, 183 at bat, uh, plate appearances, 153 at bats, OPS 848. Now, here's the question. His OPS career at triple A is 0.791. Point seven nine one he is i'm scrolling up on this um 28 years old he has 800 ish at bats 737 at bats at the major league level 23 home runs so if the cubs were to end up needing an outfielder at the major league level 
in 2022 if they decide we want Jorge Bonifacio as our right fielder in Iowa in 2021. Jorge Bonifacio would make sense as a call-up. Is he a little bit older than ideal? Yeah, he's 28 years old now. When camp breaks, he will be looking at 29 in June, June 4th. Yes, he is a little bit older than ideal. But the question is, let's say the average minor league salary is $25,000 for a guy like Jorge Bonifacio. $25,000. Anybody in league? Anybody want Jorge Bonifacio for $25,000? And, you know, six teams raise their hand. Yeah, we kind of like, okay, how about we'll kick it up to $30,000? Uh, only two hands left. How much if the average is, if the standard for an outfielder like Jorge Bonifacio is $25,000? for 2022. Would you be willing to have the Cubs pay $40,000 to get Jorge Bonifacio to have him be the right fielder? He's the right fielder in Iowa. If there are injuries, if there are trades, if there's whatever, and he's doing well in Iowa, then he gets considered for getting called up to Chicago. That's what we're talking about. When the I-Cubs sort their roster for 2022, Greg Deitman will be under discussion. Ben Davis will be under discussion. Let's see, who else we got? Uh, Nelson Velazquez might be under discussion. Alexander Canario might at some point be under discussion. But in reality, what the Cubs are going to at some point try to do is put together veterans from across the league who are old enough to play well, but not so old that there is no point in using them. Jorge Bonifacio seems to be one of those guys who hits enough to represent being scary at the triple A level. And if he hits well, if he does well, and if it's time for him to get called up instead of somebody else because of reasons... I'd be completely good with Jorge Bonifacio getting a nice little bumpy bumpy over what the standard would be for Bonifacio at the AAA level if it gets him to be the starter for the I-Cubs. When a person gets one-dimensional, if there's only one thing that a person is good at or a team is good at, or an organization is good at, it can be hazardous. Because in reality, there are more than one thing to mind. There are more than one thing to mind. If Bonifacio is a useful ad, he should be considered. Irrespective of what somebody in Berwyn's... Um, Microsoft Excel program says. The Microsoft Excel program could say, Jorge Bonifacio sucks, man. But the reality is, he's hit fairly well at AAA. He's hit fairly well at AAA. He seems a reasonable gamble to 
you are going to be the right fielder, possibly the left fielder, possibly the DH, depending upon the day. But he can play right field, which is really important. Because if you can play right field, you can probably play left field, and you can certainly play DH. Have you played anything else? Have you played any center? Let's scroll down and look at this bad boy. Right field. He's played a little center. Played a game at third. Very little center. Very little center. Mostly right, mostly left. A whole bunch of left. In 2019, 2020, two, 12 games in center, 11 starts. So it, 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 it's not he's alien to being there. Actually, he started three games in the major leagues in center field in 2021. So, yeah, he can play there a bit. When a team gets one-dimensional, it's generally bad for them particularly if that turns south. The Yankees are overly reliant on spending. That's not been beneficial for them as the punishments have been raised for going over certain specified spending limits. Jorge Bonifacio, you can dig him, you can not dig him. Either's fine. You know, wh- whichever way do- doesn't really matter a whole lot with me. To me, it kind of makes sense. To me, Jorge Bonifacio would make sense as a triple-A outfielder in 2022. It's not that he has to be the only guy, but when players are released, when you are looking at, hmm, does this guy make sense as a free agent ad? And there's going to be a lot of that going on. I'm going to want to look at lists of names of minor league catchers in the offseason because I'm going to want the Cubs to sign two or three of those. Because they are a bit short at the upper minor league level on catchers. But Jorge Bonifacio, you can argue with me. You can you can dispute it. But I, I think Jorge Bonifacio would be a fine outfielder for the I-Cubs in 2022. And the Cubs have parlayed older veterans into useful major leaguers somewhat adequately recently. Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, got some return out of left-handed pitcher Adam Morgan, etc., etc., etc. You don't have to like Jorge Bonifacio, but if you are looking forward to 22 and which decisions are likely and make sense, Assessing minor league players is probably a step that you should look into a bit more than elite free agents who would have no reason to want to sign for a fourth place team in 2022. Thanks for stopping by pre or excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll try to make that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go and be nice to people.